everybody. How's it going? Triborn here. Travis Mwerger here. We're back on the Sandcast podcast, doing it from location as always during these COVID times. Today we have a unique guest, someone who has created and co-founded a really unique style of volleyball, a little branch off of our normal volleyball. It's called CrossNet, and we're here today with Chris Mead. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Dude, thanks Heck for coming yeah. on. Yeah. I've, uh, dude, I've seen I've seen CrossNet like all over Instagram. Uh, I've seen. I, I think the did you send one? Do the Vikings have one uh, up in Norway? I feel like I saw them. Yeah, playing. yeah. I mean, everyone has one at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, it, uh, it, yeah. It's it's cool to see. Um, kind of, can you walk us through kind of the story of like of you guys founding it? And obviously, it's up on the website. Um, if anybody else wants to take a look, but uh, for the listeners who haven't seen CrossNet, kind of give us a rundown of yeah. uh, of yeah. like kind of how you made it and everything. So I was literally I was working at Uber, uh, like the headquarters, like doing sales. I was helping long in SF. Uh, no, in New York City actually. Oh, New York, okay. Yeah, got it. New York at the New York headquarters, and. Uh, I was just like a sales rep. I was like running the sales team out there in New York and Boston. And it was, it was a grind. Um, <laughs> just an absolute grind. I was 24. I was, I was making a shit ton of money. Right. But I was cold calling every day, an oh. hour in the train, an hour back, nine hours a day, calling people and getting rejected. It was like, I really want to do this forever, you know? And, uh, my buddy, Mike, we grew up playing like childhood soccer together, had just graduated from Northeastern, super nerdy, smart dude, engineering degree. And he came over and my brother was home uh, back in our hometown of Woodstock, like super small farm town. And he's like, dude, I don't, I'm not ready to get a full-time job yet. I don't want to be corporate America. I was already dreading it. And he's like, let's invent something. Like, let's come up with something. Huh. So we were literally up one night. It's one of those nights where we were with your boys, right? And you're up to like four in the morning, just yeah. like making it. And we just started writing down ideas. And like one idea turned into a hundred and they're all pretty much garbage, right? <laughs> and, and Greg turns to Mike and Mike was about to leave. He had like a 30 minute drive back home. And Greg's like, nah, like stay another hour. Like, let's figure this out. And then Mike like shouts out like four way volleyball. And we're like, and none of us had ever played volleyball, right? Like we're not volleyball players whatsoever. I've made that very That's clear. Insane. In the past. <laughs> and, yeah. and we're like, That's, that could be a cool idea. Right. And uh, we Google it and you expect like Wilson or somebody already does it. Right. Nothing internet's empty literally a ghost town and we're like shit we could do this ourselves so we wake up the next morning we we run to walmart we buy like two like janky like badminton nets we cut out the middle rig them up on like the side of my mom's shed in the garden we text all our friends nice. yo we got this invention come and play and then we are playing for like four hours straight and just making <laughs> and we're like this is a blast and and they were 22 i was 24 we were off our phones we we're having a great time and we're like dude, if we would do this for four hours, imagine people who actually really cared about volleyball. Like how much <laughs> right. And we're like, that's it. That's the only proof of concept we ever needed. Dude, that's awesome. Oh, wow. Man, I, I really want to know what some of these other ideas were. I bet you had some good ones. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's pretty terrible. Like, I remember one was like a, a wall charger for your phone, but it always played music. Like it was an only always on speaker. I think that's the only one we've always like spoke about, which what was the other ideas? Yeah. Uh, it's funny though, now that you have access to manufacturing and connections, like ideas that you thought were like no chances could ever happen, like you could actually see them on the roadmap now. So yeah. Yeah. I know like the I mean the process from idea 
to invention is a long one. And like you said, you, you set up that like kind of Jerry rigged one against like the garden and the shed and all that stuff. But uh, how did you get it to go from like idea to like pretty cool system that you guys made in your backyard to actually like full on manufacturing? Cause I know I, I was listening to a, a podcast with Jennifer or Sarah Blakely. She's the, uh, the inventor of Spanx that like women's yeah. underwear and her story is crazy how she had to like go to manufacturers and like start doing stuff herself. And she was selling that out of her bedroom. And I love like listening to the stories like that. I'm sure you guys probably have a pretty fun one. Absolutely. Yeah, dude, it was nuts. So luckily for us, right. So we're all three farm town kids. None of us have a lot of money to our name, like collectively maybe had like 15 grand, like scrapped up. Like that was our entire life savings across the three of us. Yeah. And, uh, Mike, fortunately, was an engineer. So he had AutoCAD. He had the blueprints on his computer. So we didn't have to go out and beg somebody to go, please draft up a blueprint. Like this dude, that was his one. <laughs> so we got really lucky there, right? Um, and then we also used to sell like, I don't know, like we used to, we're, we're big fans of like buying knockoff hockey jerseys on the, on like China websites, right? Because we didn't have the money. Oh, no. <laughs> you know? So we knew right. AliExpress and we knew Alibaba. So we just typed in volleyball net. And we found a few that like we thought were reputable, started conversations with them and said, Hey dude, we have this great idea. Uh, we don't have a lot of money, but are you interested in taking on this project? And so eventually we found like two or three that were kind of vibing with us, had a good rapport, spoke English well, and also like it's completely different hours. Right. So we're up at three in the morning having these conversations right. for a week. So finally we found one. And most of the people are like, when you invent something, they're like, dude, we want $100,000 as a down payment for the first right. quarter. We didn't have never seen $100,000. <laughs> so we're like, hey, we have 15 grand. Like, we want 100 units. Can you make it or not? We promise we're on to something. We have no stats right. to back it up. But like, um, when we bring this to the beach, it pops off. And people have so much fun with it. Like, I promise you. And one lady took it, one, one factory took a chance on us. And we still use them to this day. So that's awesome. They shipped us over a sample. We kind of, it worked. It was fine. Uh, we did about five or six iterations, ripped it apart, made it better. But every yep. time what we did was we took it to the beach in Rhode Island, where we were from. Like we're from Connecticut originally, beaches in Rhode Island. And we'd go and we'd set it up. And by the end of the day, we'd have 40 people in line, just like <laughs> trying to play. And we'd take Facebook ads. We'd run, run ads at home, try to sell pre-orders. And eventually it was like, this is a no brainer. Let's move to Miami. So we moved to Miami to like, <laughs> no <everything>. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. Kind of sounds like Travis's story. <laughs> a like little bit. <laughs> growing up, growing up, up there on the East coast area from the farmlands. And then you yeah. move down to, to Florida to do some volleyball stuff and like fully get into volleyball world, even though you had never been in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty soon you'll be in California. <laughs> so when, what's the timeline of this? Like when was this like 4 a.m. brainstorming like blue sky period with the boys? And then how long did it take you to, to move down to South Beach? Yeah, so, 20, so it was June 2017. We, uh, June 2017, we had the idea. We kind of did iterations throughout the next like seven, eight months to get the product. And then I believe it was like spring of 2018 was when we all like, no, it was actually the summer of 2018, actually. Yeah. Summer of 2018. I remember all of us were sitting in the hot tub and our rent was expired. We had either just broken up with our girlfriends or like had quit their jobs and we're like, dude, let's move to Miami in two weeks. So we jumped, jumped on a plane, found an apartment and we all just moved in together in Miami. 
That's awesome. No, that was so the beginning of CrossNet full time. Yeah, so that was full time. We had a uh, we had a, a whiteboard in our bedroom. It literally said Mike, Chris, and Greg how much money we had in our bank account and when we'd actually go broke, like at our current spending habits. <laughs> <laughs> we just had to keep pulling cash in from like Upwork or just like hustling online. Yeah. Um, but what happened was we got super resourceful and we got really good at like doing this. Like I can build a website in 30 minutes. Like I'm, yeah. I'm nice at it now, but I wasn't good then. Like we got really good at e-commerce marketing. Like every day, 10,000 people come to the site. Like it's super predictable Jeez. now. But we've like, huh. we built up this funnel, you know, and right. CrossNet has just reaped all of its rewards. Yeah. What, uh, like what kind of marketing did you guys do for it? So you got the website and I mean, if you're getting 10,000 visitors a day, then obviously you did something right. Was it just like kind of local, like Facebook digital ads or were you doing like SEO work, doing blog stuff? Yeah. So it, it scales over time. Of course, like it wasn't 10,000 at first far right. from, but um, our biggest thing has never been focused. And I know this isn't anywhere close to an e-commerce podcast, but uh, <laughs> it was not, uh, we've never been SEO focused. It's more like let's create, banging content and distributing yeah. on Facebook and put dollars behind it. And what we've actually found and why we started to work with try, right. is like him playing volleyball on a cross net performs way better than me playing volleyball on a cross. <laughs> That's just natural. So we've gotten much smarter about that over time and then also niching things down. So a mom and dad in Nebraska with their eight year old might not care to see try playing. They might rather see an eight year old and a family playing in the backyard, but tries content's really going to resonate with me. So, right making that kind of smart Facebook decisions is what we kind of learned over time. Okay. Awesome. And why, uh, how did volleyball, like whose idea was it? If none of you played volleyball, like how did the idea? Yeah, we had ESPN on and on the background and I, okay. maybe, maybe volleyball was on, but it was like, we always grew up at the beach. We always, so, and what, what's, what we've actually found is now that cross that's almost in 10,000 schools, kids are learning how to play volleyball on a cross net and people who may have written volleyball off are giving it a shot because of cross net. And for me and for all of like our founders, right? Like we didn't play because it was six on six or 10 on 10. And I touched the ball once in an hour and I'd be like, time." but now you're getting picked on every 10 minutes, like not 10, every 10 seconds. So it's crazy to hear, but people are, excited about volleyball that wouldn't be excited because of cross right that's that's super. yeah yeah totally it's funny because my mom um i had her and my whole family playing we had it in the backyard the other day and uh she's like because my both my parents are pe teachers my dad's retired my mom still teaches all through elementary and she's like i should totally take this to my school she's like thought she came up with it she's like this would be great in pe classes i was like yeah they're they got like 10,000 schools already <laughs> dialed, but absolutely, you're right. <laughs> yeah, it, it's nuts. And it's crazy to see the reaction of, like, gym teachers absolutely love it. The kids have seen it on Instagram. Yeah. It's a win-win for everybody. And it's pretty easy to set up once you set it up a few times. So, yeah, it, it's been awesome to see. It's How been really you? fun. And uh, well, the thing I was going to say is uh, it's surprisingly difficult. Like, my brain really has to like fully change gears to like get into cross net mode it does not feel like volleyball yet you know yeah. uh i'm fully like it, it's a full-on challenge and i feel like someone who's been playing for a while would totally give me a run for my money even though i'm a professional you know what i mean yeah. so it's it's fun and new in in that sense and 
really challenging. I got to be honest, I played only a few times now and I still trying to figure out what the real strategy is, like when to go play the net, where to, where to play, which side, you know, to line up on or right on the middle. Absolutely. And, uh, it's fun. It's, it's like a mixture of short court, four square. It's basically short court volleyball and four square. Yeah. It's, it's it's super fun. Oh, I love it. Yeah, and it, it all depends on who you play with, right? Like you get four, three exactly. four volleyball players. Like the game's going to be a lot different than me, you, and other founders are playing against you. Like it's going to be a <laughs> lot different. Of the game. So it's cool. Yeah, to see. you and you have to be so careful because you're playing short court, but if you're back playing defense and someone sends it over, you're basically just setting someone like a a one ball, <laughs> and like you saw in Sam Sam Pedlo's video, like the girl was just like you're gonna see people get blown up when you when you get the pros out there are the good players playing exactly. above the net and it's <laughs> hilarious as far as i'm concerned <laughs> yeah. you get people teaming up on each other too i could see like trevor and taylor just like setting each other to <laughs> yeah no totally if you want one guy out you can totally set the other guy and just Absolutely. like destroy the other person <laughs> yeah that, that's the strategy. As points kind of start accumulating, like one person starts to get close to 11, yeah. like you need to be going after that person. So it gets exactly. Let's go on. Yeah. Can, yeah. You, uh, can you walk us through like how the game is played? Yeah, absolutely. And that's like, candidly, our biggest challenge is like, you have a four-way volleyball net. Yeah. And yeah. we have new, not only is it new to see a four-way volleyball net, but we have this whole rule system, which is yeah. fun. But also, I'm sure you guys could figure out what the hell you want to do on it and still make it a good time. Right, so, right, right. right. If you play cross net, and the way we hope it will become like a future sport, which is trending pretty positively, is that it's game to 11, win by two. You get one touch per square. And so the person in the fourth square serves it directly across. And then from there, it's a free-for-all. Okay. You can return the ball anywhere you want. If the ball lands in your square, you're out. And the person who served the ball gets a point. Okay. So, so if you serve and you stay alive, you win. By, so you're out. So you, are you playing with four people or is there like a line? And if you get so you, in your square and then like you got to go back to the line or do you, do you and the other three players just like rotate? So like in tri-situation, right? Like you had your family over. Um, I think there's a few other people in that video. You guys would yeah. all be outside the first square. If somebody okay. gets eliminated, they go to the back of the line and okay. everybody else rotates clockwise. Okay. Mm -hmm. so you if can, you serve and you stay alive, you get a point. Okay. And you're only uh, you can only score in the fourth square. Yeah, the the square that serves the ball. Okay. So like traditional four square, like you have a king who starts, and that king starts to play. Yeah. And that's kind yeah. of that starts. You start it in the fourth square. Okay. Yep. Got it. This yeah. is cool. There's, how the, whole, there's the whole rule book in education, and like that that keeps me up at night. Is like how do I really educate? Yeah. Because it might take a minute on a Zoom call, and I don't have that with every customer. So like right. perpetuating that online. And also through the rule book is like, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. How long did it take you guys to figure out like how to play? Cause like, I, I'm sure you were probably just messing around and playing and, and sort of figuring out a system as you went, like kind of any made yeah. up childhood game, you know? Yeah. I think over the first six months, we kind of really established the rules. There were some things like if the ball hits the, hits the net and then bounces out, but like it hit the net and then landed out, like who's out. Right. There's always like tons of different, like, Q and A's, right. oh, FAQs, right? The FAQ section, we built that out <laughs> for years, but uh, the initial rules were kind of concreted overnight. We all grew up playing basketball. Like basketball is our sport. It's yeah. always yeah. Out. game to 11, like take up basketball, game to 11, yeah. win by two. So uh, that's where yeah. game to 11, win by two came from. 
and uh, yeah, it, it's been fun. I'm sure we'll still add to the rule book when we find weird stuff happen. Yeah, that was a crazy thing when I was playing. Was that like I'd maybe try to hit it to one guy like directly across, but it would go into the net of the other guy. So it's still yeah. good for me, but then they have to like try to play it out of the net. Yeah, it's weird. And yeah, it was it's so weird. Actually, I don't. Wait, what is the rule? If if I hit it into their net, but then it goes out. Is that if, out on if, me? If the ball goes out. So if it completely lands out of the square, you're out. Yeah. But if right. the ball lands inside of the square, it's the person who's like net it went over. So if you're right, right, right. That off, makes sense. It goes through their plane. Even if I hit their even if I hit their net and then it went out, that's out on me. As long as the ball actually goes out. Wherever the ball Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so trippy. And then yeah. when it's like on right on the top and you like can't tell oh, which yeah. square it's gonna fall in there's like <laughs> four of everyone's standing there like oh. <laughs> it's fun dude yeah so uh, that's been a good time and then we just put out the the doubles net actually so for three years we yeah. kept like this is fun however i would like to sweat a little bit more and i'd like yeah. to run around and make it a little bit bigger so we yeah. put out that net so now it's two times as long and you could actually do a team battle so it's two on two eight players and like ideally it'll have the best players in the world playing on it it's like super fun. Three touches. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Are you like, have you guys gotten into volleyball a little bit more because of cross net? Yes and no. I've definitely learned more of the players than I've ever known in my life, which has been yeah, awesome. Right. Like I'm actually finding myself watching volleyball clips and like watching the AVP videos, which yeah. I'm certainly not into. <laughs> right. For sure. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I definitely see that. I mean, like I have, like professionals like I had Madison McKibben called me this morning we talked for 30 minutes like that would never happen to Chris from 20, right 24 year old Chris so right. that's kind of yeah. cool and then I literally go into the Facebook groups and I see people so I follow like a bunch of volleyball Facebook local communities yeah people are like oh would you rather play with Madison or try and I'm like I'm talking to both of them that's crazy so like, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool yeah it's a pretty cool experience um yeah so, yeah I have I been like a bit more into it yeah that's kind of something that, that a lot of people like about the volleyball world is that the athletes are really accessible and yeah. we're kind of like, we're not just like just doing the volleyball part. We're really involved in, I mean, we have to invest in growing the sport, right? Like that, that terminology gets passed around a lot, but the fact that you can bring new players into our sport, just volleyball in general, like you, you, Obviously, you're in a different position, but you started playing volleyball. Now you know all the professionals. Now you know what the AVP tour is, where their content is. Absolutely. And that's huge for us. So that's why, for me, I was drawn to this. Um, like, getting involved, I was like, yeah, I for sure got to be a part of this, especially if you guys are already in schools and Walmarts and, and yeah. really growing Crazy. at that level. Because those are the, the people that can play cross net are the people that we believe are our fan base, right? And we want to get them involved as much as possible absolutely i mean if they're gonna watch a, a 10 second second clip of like pedlo spiking on somebody why wouldn't <laughs> they watch a video of you playing and actually follow you guys so hey maybe uh maybe we have some uh professional events going one of these days we put up some big prize money and we just go at it that would be amazing that's definitely where we see it going i mean before covid we had an event uh, out in san diego we did it. We launched it with like 72 hours notice and 80 people showed up. One kid, nice. drove, one kid drove almost four hours to come to the first ever cross. <laughs> so like, that sounds like the volleyball players. Yeah, There's definitely <laughs> some demand here. Um, it's just like, when is it PC enough to do it, you know? 
Right. Right. How about um referees? Have you guys thought about that? Like how a ref could come in and maybe need them. I mean, we see some biases. We play a lot for like Chick-fil-A. Like Chick-fil-A almost like nightly. It's like, let's go out real quick and see who buys dinner. So we need some refs. Well, yeah, if, if we're gonna put some big money on the line, we're gonna need some refs. For sure. Absolutely. We will get you back to Sandcast in a moment. Just wanted to drop a quick word from our sponsors. Uh, first off, VolleyballMag.com, who has been with us since literally day one. Uh, those are the guys who named the show Sandcast, actually. They are uh, running a fundraising campaign uh, in a way you can become a member of VolleyballMag.com. It's just a donation-based uh, thing where you get certain perks for being a platinum-level reader versus a gold-level reader. Uh, in any event, it is just to support VolleyballMag.com and Lee Feinswag and Ed Chan, who have never taken a paycheck from the site, but they just continue putting out content because it's a labor of love, and the donations help pay for the website uh, and for freelancers like myself and Try, who contribute to VolleyballMag.com. So go check out their website, VolleyballMag. You'll get a pop-up uh, to be a member. Uh, if you could be a member, it doesn't matter how much you donate. Any little bit helps those guys. And uh, they've done great things for the sport. So the least that we can do here on Sandcast is ask you to support them as well. This show is also brought to you by Wilson Volleyball, the number one maker of beach volleyballs in the game, the number one maker of any beach volleyball equipment in the game. And you can use our discount code Sandcast-20 to get 20% off all Wilson products. That is Sandcast-20 to get 20% off. And now back to the show. How did uh, how did you go about getting it into schools? I mean, because this is a pretty still a pretty new product. Like you guys have grown pretty fast. Yeah, some would say there's like a hundred thousand out in the world right now. Phew. Um, yeah, it's pretty nuts. So, um, I mean, the first thing I did, right? Like I went to so I had my sales job, um, and I would my job would literally be the twenty four year old trying to have meetings with the sixty year old who worked at AIG or like this Fortune five hundred like insurance company. That was before. Yeah. So I, like, I really learned like the power of LinkedIn and like how it could let me talk to people I shouldn't be talking to. Yeah. So uh -huh. the first thing I did was I added every single gym teacher I possibly could. Like <laughs> volleyball coach and I would just spam the hell out of them. But I wouldn't like, I wouldn't leave them a note. It would just be more like become my friend. And I did the same thing for retail stores. Like I'd add the buyer of Dick's, I'd add the buyer of Walmart. And yeah. three years, like I just post, and I post good, I think it's good. I post quality content on LinkedIn about CrossNet. Like last week we gave away 500 CrossNets to underprivileged schools. Like nice. we all came from like very like not privileged families. So like giving back was mm -hmm. something still very important to us. So mm -hmm. we had teachers sending clips all week long and we posted that. It's like 15,000 free views, organic views. So gym teachers were right back, like, like along the way being like, yo, Chris, I'd love this. Like, and I'd be slinging CrossNets on LinkedIn. That's kind of how we started. And it, <laughs> Like, you now have a CrossNet in a school. There's 5,000 kids at that school. 5,000 kids are now engaging with CrossNet, not even by choice, right? They have to take the gym class. Right. And now they go home, have a good time, and they ask their parents to go buy it. And it's just a cycle. So Dude, that's awesome. Crazy. Yeah. Totally. I feel, like, I feel like we're on like an episode of Shark Tank, Sandcast edition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Volleyball Shark Tank. Right? It's, and it, it's interesting because you hear from the pros and like, it doesn't seem like most, anybody really does anything for the world of volleyball that tries to make a big impact. Um, besides the local tournaments, like 
doesn't seem like new products are coming out. I mean, I know it's simply a volleyball net and a volley like volleyball. What else is there to be done? But like, doesn't seem like any innovations ever happening, which has been great for us. Yeah, I mean, you found a market that's like kind of hungry for new stuff, as you can obviously see. <laughs> Wait, it's half the market. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. How did you guys like continue to scale to meet demand? I know that's always a challenge of startups. Yeah, dude, it's been tough. Um, so I can tell you in the beginning, right? It was sell a hundred, buy two hundred, sell yeah. two hundred, buy five hundred. Um, but eventually, you have people like Walmart or Dicks sending us, "Hey, Chris, we have open stores, and can you fulfill ten thousand units next week?" <laughs> it's like, dude, I barely have ten thousand dollars. How am I going to do that? So, right. right. Um, eventually, what happened was we just kept scaling and reinvesting and none of the owners took a draw for almost 18 months. Like we did not get paid for 18 months. Um, and that was really hard. We hadn't, it was our full-time job for 18 months. We didn't get paid and we would only survive doing upwork jobs or like freelancing on the side, which was really good at the job actually. But eventually what happened was we built up enough capital within the business without having to go to a shark tank and give away 20% of our business for money, right. mm-hmm. uh, which was beautiful. Uh, and eventually we would sell out. We would still collect orders and say, Hey guys, buy now, but your order won't be shipped for four weeks. And eventually we built up this bandwidth. So now we have a warehouse on Escondido, California, and there's 120,000 units like just sitting there <laughs> that are just going to be shipped, you know, like it's crazy. So building up that in- infrastructure has been wild. And fortunately for us, like we kind of got over the hump uh, that most entrepreneurs don't get over. And it just kept coming from driving demand. And setting mm-hmm. realistic expectations with customers. Yeah. Dang. I bet turn of the so corner cool. is probably a, a pretty good feeling, especially yeah. after 18 months. I mean, because you were making, even though it doesn't sound like you were thrilled with your job at Uber, you were making good money. Yeah, I'm I was sure making was over not- 150 grand at Uber. I was, I was caking. Yeah, I was making yeah. a lot Dang. of money for a 24 year old. And yeah. I, I hope you got some stock. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm doing good. None of my stock was vested. So I've actually had oh. Yeah, it sucked. But uh, yeah, I was making a lot of money and it was more like I was waking up and I was unhappy. And I, like I said, we came from very like farm town roots, like going to the movies for $15 is my Friday night. Like I don't need to spend any more money than that. So I knew it's cool to have all that money, but if you're not happy every day you wake up, like what's the point of it? Yeah, totally. Oh, you know, was it, I know it's a, it's tough to make that jump from, even though you weren't like thrilled with it, it's still like good money. Oh, absolutely. Like how hard was it for you to make that decision to actually just like go for this CrossNet thing where like you yeah. had no timeline of when you'd get paid if CrossNet would ever be profitable at all. So that's like a, a pretty absolutely. cool leap. You took. Yeah, it, it, it was super tough. So what we kind of did was we, we built up a, a reserve of probably about four months of rent. So I had my student loans, which were about $1,100 a month which is ridiculous. Jeez. Yeah. I went to a, a really expensive school for no reason. Um, I went to film. <laughs> to, oh yeah. I graduated with a film degree. So, uh, yeah, I went, I went to film school, never ended up using the degree. I mean, I still like, I know Photoshop. I shoot some videos still. A lot of the, like a lot of the photos on the CrossNet website are all mine, which is, yeah. low. um, but pretty much we built up a reserve of like four or five months of rent and play money. Not play money. Yeah. Was, this is our safe money. Right. And, and what we did know, right, was like, I had that good job at Uber. I could always go get another job. Like, regardless if it was with Uber and another company, I had my college degree. 
I could hold my own in a conversation with you guys or, or another boss. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to be out there. Uh, and I was like, this is a, it's crazy to think about, but we, we bought back then. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Like we're building a brand new sport and a brand new product. And if we don't do it, somebody else is going to do it. And we're going to be really pissed that we didn't try. Yeah. So yep. we took a leap and it was not easy. Uh, but now it is awesome. And we're really lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. So, it's so, dope. so if you got a degree in film and then you yep. were the sales rep uh, at Uber, like where did you guys get, and you mentioned that your buddy is good in CAD, yeah. uh, which is a really helpful skill to have, but where did you guys get kind of the business acumen? Did you like read a bunch or did you just kind of like wing it and learn on the fly? Yeah. So my brother's our, our third partner, right? He's CEO of the business. Um, he had another business with me in college. Uh, he's really good at social media. Like the guy okay. responsible for blowing up our stuff and getting eyeballs. Um, that's still like uh -huh. main job is like get traffic to the page. Um, right. But we, we actually had, you guys know hookah, like, uh, like hookah lounges. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So my college roommate uh, is from Jamaica. Um, shout out to Devante if you're listening. So Devante uh, lives in, uh, from Jamaica. His dad lives on a sugarcane plantation. So one summer we chopped up, well, he chopped up sugarcane and we packaged it and it was called the King. And I've actually never told this story on any podcast. So it's uh, <laughs> it a non-tobacco shisha for hookah lounges. Okay. And none of us smoked. None of us smoked. We just thought it was a cool idea because it was like getting right. non-tobacco space, like things were trendy then. And we yeah. drove hookah lounges all across the country, and we had our products sold at like Shaquille O'Neal's hookah lounge. But that was like that was our first, that was our first business. It was like a million dollar business. We were just like nineteen year old kids, and uh, it was just a grind. We just had sugar cane in my mom's basement, and we pack it up and ship it to hookah lounges across the world. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's wild. That's insane. Yeah, the King Shisha. So that was our our business for like two or three years through college. It was pretty cool. I mean, none of us were. I mean, none of us smoked hookah. Like like legit so it wasn't that passionate right. it wasn't that fun but <laughs> it was we learned e-commerce we learned how to build a demand we learned how to build a brand and we took out all the mistakes that we did with that company and we didn't make them for crossnet yeah that's really cool i could those are a lot of skills that i wish i had or, or that i'm working on we're Travis and i could probably use a little bit more skills than that, <laughs> that <laughs> sense to push the sandcast but yeah i love it i i think it's so cool when when you're relying more on your business skills rather than like, you know, and your entrepreneurship rather than like making it all rely on the product itself. Like you guys are like, I don't care what the product is. Let's just make something and then use our other skills to, to push it. Absolutely. And it's not like you had to be volleyball players or anything that just like opens you up to so many things that you can do. And for me and like Travis, like we all volleyball players in general to be really successful, you have to be very creative and like, get your you know uh income or whatever it is from a lot of different places and put it all together so it's one big pot um so i think that's super cool yeah, i need to learn some of that yeah dude. It, it all comes down to being a math equation right like you guys will eventually oh, crap. i'm not good at math <laughs> it's like how much do i make for each view and how much does it cost to drive a view to your podcast right like if you're monetizing your podcast it costs x amount to get a listen how much does it cost to get that listen and where do I get it from? And then trying every single different channel and then doubling down on the ones that work. Like for us, YouTube, oh. you think YouTube would be amazing for us. I got a bill the other day. We got one sale that cost us $800 on YouTube. That was the worst sale <laughs> of my life. I lost $650 on the sale. 
So we don't do YouTube anymore. Uh. So uh. Getting smart about the channels, you know? Right. Totally. Yeah. Dang. It's fun. Well, maybe we, uh, we trade off yeah. some, uh, some of that. <laughs> Definitely do that. <laughs> Perfect. What are the channels that, that work really well for you guys? I mean, I know that volleyball seems to be a very Instagram heavy sport, but I don't know if Instagram translates well to business or yeah. if it's somewhere else. No, it, well, it's definitely Facebook, right? Facebook's the top driver of cold traffic. Well, just traffic overall. There's the most Facebook, including Instagram? Yeah, correct. Yeah, including, including Instagram. But it's also the most expensive. So yeah. what you need to really do for us, and I, I don't know how your guys' infrastructure is set up, but like email is really important. Like we have our podcast with Ryan Millar, and yeah. we fortunately have a, a database of 100,000 people plus that we've gotten over the years. So every time yeah. a podcast drops, we send them out the link. And that's a free email, right? Like I don't have to pay for those customers. I've already acquired them. So every time a new podcast drops with Ryan on Monday, 100,000 people get blasted with the link. And that's free. And then every single week, we have more and more customers signing up to the email list because we paid for them on Facebook. So it's you pay a lot of money up front with Facebook, convert them through SMS or email on the back end or Bing ads or Google ads or display ads. So it's, it's there's so much crazy stuff you can do. Yeah. Yeah. I remember hearing, um, or yeah, you were telling me about the podcast. I'm going to come on it uh, eventually. Yeah. But how did I thought? I haven't heard Ryan Millar's name in a, in a while. How did he get involved or how did you guys get involved with him? So I did a podcast with him actually. And uh, we just had like a good rapport. We had like an hour. I went on his podcast. Okay. Got it. And then he had reached out and I was like, hey, this is the first volleyball player I'd ever interacted with really. And especially like right. a gold, like gold medalist. Yeah. I was like, right. dude, like this guy's talking to me. Like this is crazy. <laughs> so uh, me and Ryan just shot a bunch of texts, a bunch of calls back. And I was like, he had his podcast. I was always thinking about how important podcasting is. Like you guys obviously keep doing it for a damn good reason. And I'm like, yeah. if we could own that ownership of, of listeners, we're trying to really build an audience in the volleyball space, right? We're great at selling to moms and dads. We're not the best at really legitimizing the sport. How can mm -hmm. we own that? Let's have a volleyball player who's a gold medalist, reach out to all these famous people and get them on podcasts. So that's kind of how it started. Uh, I think we're in like month five or six with Ryan now. It's been going really well. That's awesome. Yeah. He's like kind of delving into like each little area of the volleyball community. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it's just really being honest with yourself. Like, what are you bad at and how do we solve it? And like, yeah. I'm, I'm not a volleyball player. I'll never pretend to be and I'll never be one. So like, let's have Ryan do it. And that was just right, right, right. a lot of, a lot of business sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Travis, we got to step it up. <laughs> I, know. Uh, I mean, there's tons of stuff you can do. I mean, like one thing we've been wanting to do is doing in-person video, like interviews. Yeah. Obviously that requires a lot of work and it's also really hard with COVID, but like right. that would be the next logical step for you guys. Like imagine if we had, we're doing this right now and with your background right now, you guys had the high quality video, like, and you guys could go monetize that. You guys could run Facebook ads on it. And that's yeah, how you yep. build more on Facebook. But that mm. would be hard. Like, require us to go fly out there have a camera crew edit like it's a lot of money right, so, right. yeah, yeah typically tough. we have our we have our studio in in tri's house but covid's been uh yeah limited to the zoomy zooms yeah, yeah we had we had a real nice studio going once i get another house i'll uh i'm, I'm homeless right now but we'll build up another <laughs> studio nice and we have i mean honestly we have enough friends uh that are 
great with video and photos. So yeah, there's no excuse. We just got to get on it. Exactly. Yeah, it's finding the time. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So what, like, what's the next step for you guys? So you made a new product. You got the the doubles uh, yep. cross net, which I'm sure is probably going to be enough to keep you busy for a while. But uh, you guys seem like you're constantly thinking of how we can improve and get better. So what, what's kind of the future looking like for you guys? Yeah, so we got doubles right now. We have the indoor one that we dropped earlier this year. So we haven't even got the cold weather this year. So we have the indoor model. Um, we have the doubles. We have the pool version. So next summer we'll have cross net. Oh. Nice, dude. That that is huge. So wow. much fun. Wait, it's so how much. Do you, fun. How do you do the anchors for indoor and for pool? So indoor, it's just like a, a traditional basketball base, but it's it was like we created a mold for it, so it's safe. Oh, and, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, so it's really nice, nice indoor base, and then for the H two O, so it's crossing the H two O. It's called and mm -hmm. four floating anchors. They're, they're literally straps and. Uh, yeah, you just fill it up with a little bit of weight and it sinks to the bottom of the pool. And yeah, it's dope. So a lot of fun, like spiking in the pool, cross net style. Like it's awesome. I mean, I always loved having a basketball hoop like in the pool growing up. Yeah. And like, yeah. this is so much easier, right? Like you don't have to be diving or doing anything crazy in the pool. It's just playing taps in the pool and having a lot yeah. of fun. So is there a, is there a boundaries in the pool or it's more no. just like, yeah. We're exploring. So we, we have the boundaries. Um, throwing my, my girlfriend's teaching Pilates in the living room. <laughs> she's got this, uh, COVID, yeah, she's, COVID times yeah, exactly. um, so we explored with boundaries but it puts the product cost up a lot and it's For like sure. who really cares about the boundaries it's more like just a just fun to have in the pool nobody's like really getting yeah. that competitive like and right. it's, it's kind of the fun like in the pool you make up your own boundaries you always have since you're a little kid like was it out was it not out like right why am I gonna pay an extra 10 bucks as a like manufacturer to buy some boundaries well, plus the lines are going to be floating and moving anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. that's going that to be cool. Fun, though. But besides that, right, we, uh, we just started with Walmart this week. Uh, a couple nice. hundred stores. Which Dude, is congrats. Cool. That's huge. Thanks. Um, we got that. We got Dillard's next year. Um, and then global expansion. Um, we just started, we opened up a warehouse in Canada. So CrossNet Canada is, is really big for us. And then CrossNet Australia and CrossNet United Kingdom. Wow. So setting up local, uh, local warehouses there, which means having fulfillment people, having salespeople, having marketing people, and the whole goal of the business, like, um, is to always have 12 months of sunshine because right now selling a, a beach product in September and October is a little tough. So I'd rather mm -hmm. just be smart about it and just run ads specifically in, in summertime. So America during the summer, Australia during the winter and just keep flipping <laughs> around. And then you got Smart. the indoor product too. So that's exactly yep. pivot as well. Yeah. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We got our team. Like we just hired almost 10 people in the last three months, like full-time people. Wow. So, yeah. We got a nice little army, uh, which takes a lot of stress off of the founders who are usually working 90 hours a week. So it's nice yeah. to know that people are that's doing what I was good gonna work. Say, what's the, what's the day to day like for you? Cause I mean, I'm sure it, it has varied wildly since you began scaling and expanding. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. I mean, today was uh, a lot of getting our systems down. So like I said, we just started with Walmart. So 5,000 units need to get to Walmart. And that doesn't happen just overnight. Like there's labeling, there's processes, there's systems that you need to learn. Like you ask them a question, they're like, oh, did you read the 292 page guide? Like, no, I didn't read the 290 page guide. Like, so, <laughs> so it's like, it's really like fine tuning everything. So 
that's that's been on my plate and then we just hired a a few new employees so we're just really getting them up to speed and black friday comes in two weeks right so um making sure our website's just like really on point to handle all the traffic and convert everybody yeah what platform do you use for your website shopify okay yep so shopify we just upgraded shopify plus nice little plug there but uh yeah it's good um it's it's a lot of fun i mean we literally have been working for four months to hammer down our black friday strategy which will be hopefully 20 percent of our revenue this year so it's really these these three weeks are like super important for us yeah that's awesome so well where can uh our listeners find you guys um yeah, if you want to support a local business, go to crossnetgame.com. <laughs> yeah, you can buy it. You'll see, you'll see Tribe be putting it out on his Instagram and all that. But uh, yeah, oh, yeah. crossnetgame.com uh, ships directly from us. Or you can just go to Walmart, Dick's, Academy, Shields, pretty much any sporting goods store in the world. Awesome. I mean, un- yeah. unintentional good timing to have you on the show right before the holiday season. I guess so, right? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, right. <laughs> Or was it intentional? Maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like Let's it. Be honest. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. awesome, man. Well, it sounds like uh, you've got a, a pretty cool thing going on. A little bit better than working at Uber. You can tell how passionate you are about it. You seem to be yeah. having a lot of fun, and, and probably it's awesome, pretty dude. Pretty well financially at this point too, even after eight, eighteen months of no payment. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, I mean, but- I'm literally working with my best friends, like childhood best friends, so it doesn't get much better. Yeah. Do they feed you as good as they do at Uber? I went to Uber San Francisco and the lunch was amazing. Yeah, the lunch is good. I, I do use Uber Eats too much. I actually deleted it last week. I had a week off of Uber Eats because I download it. Like, <laughs> I'd buy something every night. Yeah, love yeah. it. Awesome, Chris. Well, do you have uh, anything else that we missed that you want to add? Uh, anything that we didn't cover? Um, yeah, I covered it, man. That was, that was good. I appreciate it. Like, like I said, like, it's just been crazy to see the reaction to the game, to the sport. There's so much more that we have to do. Um, yeah. And we're, we're just really thankful of, of the reception. Like we're literally just three farm town kids with a good idea. And it's just been nuts to have people write to us all day long being like, I love your product. It's great. Like it's awesome. So let's keep it up and uh, hopefully we'll make more improvements and keep growing this bad boy up. Yeah. Awesome. Man. Well, yeah. I'm excited to play. It'll, uh, it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. All right, boys. Thanks so much. All right. Shoots, boys. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.